0: The Ariana Grande live record. Yeah, have, have you checked you seen out the Vivo? That? Dude,
1: I did the VIVO. No, wait, you did dude, it. I was I, s- I was I was part of the audio team for that. No, like the one with the way, light over time. Bro. bro,
0: I've watched that video so many <laughs> times, dude. No way. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry, and in this 12th episode, I'm here with Joey Macias and Nate Day. Throughout this podcast, we discuss audio engineering, tour managing, and Brooklyn, New York. We take a look at touring internationally and our, tour, uh, and our current tour with Elio. We also play the producer's game. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine podcast. For those who are new to the podcast, Cloud Machine is about the music industry and its, music, and its stakeholders, meaning everyone that works in it, lives it, loves it, surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, people, and realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about making a movie in the industry, have some songs recorded and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming two of the homies to the podcast. Joy Macias is a Brooklyn-based audio engineer, tour manager, front of house engineer, and overall production guru. Respectfully. <laughs> His credits include Billy Eilish, Deb Never, Lolo Zouai, Jar, Omar Apollo, Pale Waves, 5 Seconds of Summer. Nico Rubio, M. Byhold, Maie, Elevation, Elevation Rhythm, Hillsong, Bethel, and now Elio. For those who have also been listening to the podcast from the beginning or follow us on socials, either on 8th Creative Page or on our uh, personal accounts, you'll recognize Nate Day. He and I have been on the road for a couple weeks now and Joey's joined us on the east coast of the leg. Um, so yeah, he asked me today in the, in the van, he was like, yo, you want to do a podcast today? And I was like, (laughs) no, I was like, yo, let's go. I got, I I got the gear in, in the van. So without further ado, uh, please welcome Joey to the podcast. (laughs) DJ J. So Joey, how are you? Good, man. Happy to be here, bro. Yeah.
2: What about you, Nate? How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm
0: doing good. We've been,
2: this is our last two days on the road.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been great so far. Um, yeah, for those who are who are listening, this this uh, this podcast episode will come out in a couple weeks, so we we'll, we would have been home for a little bit, but um yeah, we're just enjoying uh, our time on the road. Uh tomorrow we got Boston uh, up next, so our last show of uh of the states. Yeah. Yeah, man. Kind of um, sad. You are kind of sad, yeah. Yeah.
1: Only 3 shows for you. I know. It's kind of a tease. Like, yeah. yo, here's all the music. Learn it, love it. All right, bye. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad yeah.
0: we I'm I'm glad you could join us and um you know, that you, we could do all, we could also do this. Yeah. Um let's start off with the 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 first question I ask everyone. Um your favorite live show experience as a
1: fan. As a fan, bro. Yeah. What you got for us? <sighs> my So as a fan, it's so crazy because I don't get to really enjoy live shows. Yeah. Cuz my head is like I'm pretty sure a lot of people can relate, especially audio engineers, is when you're, when you're at a show, you're like so analytical and like yeah, yeah. how this sounds here. Is that loud there? What, yeah. You know, what 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 is that person doing? What <laughs> console they're using? What <laughs> plugin in they're using? <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think the best show I've had so far, so I had some homies that uh, they played for this band called Arizona. Yeah. Okay. And they were opening up for, uh, what are these guys called? Um, Panic at Disco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Dude. <laughs> That show was crazy. Really? Yeah, my, my friend Savo and, and uh, my friend Abel, they were part of like, they were uh, like PM and uh, front of house. The entire show, I stood at front of house and I'm just like, this is wild. Between like how they had their setup and that whole tour was just crazy. But um, that was like the best show that today yeah. had. Really? Dang. It was wild. What, where was it? Where, where did I catch them? I think, oh, it was uh, Salt Lake City. Whoa, okay. Yeah, it was the most randomest place in the world. Random. Yeah, but I was, uh, so, so my friends were in Salt Lake City. I was in somewhere, somewhere like an hour south for another show. Okay. I was uh, touring with Philip Phillips at that point. Sure. Uh, first tour. And I was just like, yo, what's up? You got extra cop tickets? And they, they brought me backstage and everything. Wow. So it was wow. kind of cool.
0: Sick. Yeah. What about as um, your favorite live show experiences, like a front of house, TM? Just a professional in, in the music industry. What you got? What's your what's like your your highlight so far? It's 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 different every tour.
1: Hmm. I think I try to think what, what's been my like my best one and uh I think the one that I really enjoyed was like so Deb Deb Never, she opened up for Omar mm-hmm. uh beginning of last year and I was like T M PM front of the house, kinda like driver, everything. Sure, yeah, um, but that show we kind of pulled ourselves together as a team and kind of made the best of what what we had and i am still to this day i was I'm really proud of that show, yeah, like no matter what it was a little thirty minute set I mean, you know we, we had maybe forty minutes, thirty minutes of sound check, yeah, and uh yeah, that was that's probably to date my favorite favorite s- set overall,
0: yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. What about you, Nate? I think I I mean has 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 this stuff been changing since last time? I know last time, first first episode you said you yeah, two and yeah. um nineteen seventy five were your favorite shows as a fan, but we I don't think at the time I had, had the question of favorite show as a musician. Oh yeah. Um so what about for you? What has been a highlight so far for you?
2: Yeah. Oh that's a tough one. I think like highlight wise probably when Elio opened for Charlie at the Anthem yeah. in Washington. Because oh, at insane. that point, that was the last show of our opening tour with Charlie yeah. across Europe and the week we did in the U.S. with her. That was also the biggest one we played. Yeah. That's the biggest show I've ever played, too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's probably just from size and, like, scale to see a stage that big. For me at that time, yeah, I, yeah, I haven't seen a stage that big. so
0: 6,000. Yeah. 6000 uh, 6, cap. 6000 cap. And yeah. It was it was four tiers of 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 like of people. So you had the room, you had the floor, but then yeah. you had six Oh uh, sorry, four um kind of balconies kind of situation. balconies. Oh and God. it was a massive room. It was it was crazy. Wow. Um
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That was yeah, that's probably like I'm trying to think if there are others, but that that to date's probably like the most
0: like whoa. Well, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Moment. Yeah come back to you, Joey, because I, I, I've previously asked Nate this question on the first episode ever of the Cloud Machine Podcast, by the way. Um, go free check club. that out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, just your, your reflection uh, on Erica Badu's quote, which is, music and music business are two different things. So what's your first instinct when you hear that sentence? And also, like, how the business part of, of music... Um, affects you as well.
1: Definitely. I think, I I agree with it 100%, because, yes. before becoming like, front of house, or, kind of getting to the production side of shows, you know, it, w- it was me, and my little KRK, monitors, and me, you know, hopefully this doesn't get me in trouble, but like, cracking pro tools, and trying to figure it out. Sure, yeah. <coughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. no, nah, we've all, <laughs> I feel we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone yeah. not me. But, uh, yeah, yeah. when I say what <laughs> I mean everybody okay, else. Okay, okay. <laughs>
3: okay.
1: <laughs> um, but I do agree with that because music business definitely uh, separates what music really is, right? Music is an is an expression of of, it's an expression in my in my opinion. Yeah, right. So it's like, it's what you're feeling in that moment, where you what season you're going through in life, um, and I think certain people have that gift of knowing how to express that through music. Yeah, Not everyone does. Uh, music business on the other side uh it's very I, i'd say it's very it's different you know what i mean it's you can't you can't overline them both because the moment you start getting business in with personal right like i consider music something personal but like i think my landlord mentioned to me he was like you cannot cross business with personal and it's like mm. same thing with music you can't you can't cross those lines because the moment you cross those lines yeah your music your music and your business is now like the same thing and that's when lines could get really blurred yeah right and it's like but I, I, Sometimes I talk about I talk to other engineers in terms of uh, like how their experience are and like when people tell me they they're having the worst experience ever, I'm like like it's like exact that's exactly what I ask them like where where are you in terms of your, the business side of things and um, and you know like personal music and opinion and f- some and that's like I want to say eighty percent of, chan- of the time that's what's causing big issues with artists and, and their crew or even artists and uh, and, like, the type of music they're making. Yeah. Um, and then the relationships they have with, like, labels or relationships they have with producers.
0: Yeah. So what have you learned? Have you learned, like, things from others or even from just going through the process that you'd like to share? Are there any, like, tips? Just even just just dividing that, those two, like, business and yeah. personal, but even business and music, like uh, like, performance. Yeah. And just the business negotiating side of things, because I think you, you and I also go through that as well. Just how do, we, how do we negotiate so that we are fairly compensated, but that the artist is comfortable, and that we get to pay rent at the end of the month. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, do you have any outlook on that? Yeah. Or like,
1: I, I say first thing, open up an LLC. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and we have been talking about that right. throughout the week. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, same thing, right? It's like at the end of the day it's business you know what I mean and yeah you can't, you can't blur those lines between a client and a friend and I I, I think I I try to do a good job with like I, w- I mostly work with independent artists right like either uh and it's like a lot of independent artists don't have budget yeah they don't have the arena budget they don't have the stadium budget um but um yeah it's in terms of business is like knowing your worth and knowing what the market's going for um I think the biggest thing and I was talking about this earlier to you guys, but I think the biggest thing that I found is uh if you if you're able to be an all, uh like a, a house that can provide it all, mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. You, you, you instantly become like a a a main attraction to, to especially independent artists, right? Like I think uh, I have a good friend of mine, uh they uh his name is Vinny. Uh, and a friend of mine named Johnny. They own a company out in LA called Beehive. Mm, yeah, and it's a musical direction company, but they provide touring uh, support. So it's like they, you know, you go to them, and be like, "Hey, I'm an artist. I want X, Y, and Z. I have X, Y, and Z." Right, and th- they'll come up with a plan to bring a crew together, get gear. Right, they own a lot of their gear. Right, they, sure. they work a- with a lot of partners that are, are starting up as well, and they'll like collaborate with so many people to make this happen for this one independent artist. Um, I think that's w- that's something that I've learned with them is that like it's, it's not all about money; it's all about relationships. Yeah, yeah. And the moment you you kind of make money, the center of your business, you're just get, you, you're gonna you're gonna burn bridges. Right. And that's something I've learned. Even um, like while, when first touring, it was like I had to understand that at the end of the day, it's an investment that you're making to the artist, but also to your career. Yeah. Um, you know, mon- and I, I I've learned personally myself that money at the end of the day is a tool. You know, what I mean, it's not it's not the end goal, right? So it's like, I mean, th- for for lack of a better word, like that's something I've learned in the process of it, and um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 so crazy because like money can become a big factor.
0: Yeah, like what do you think is it? What do you think is more important? Like, is it is it keeping the relationship or getting your bag? You know what I'm saying? Keeping the relationship. Yeah, in I, the long term. Yeah, I, yeah. I know.
1: I also have learned that this industry is extremely small. Yeah extremely small. Yeah, of course. Um, and word goes around quickly. Um, so I much prefer a relationship with an artist that's going to open more doors and, um, you know, kind of promote my company. Yeah, yeah. Um, promote my, my work than to like, be like, yo, if you don't pay me this certain amount of money by the end of the week, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, sure. like, And there's a, there's a fine line there too, but that's going back to like music and business, you know what I mean? Like, you can't blur those lines. And that's why I, that's why I always I'm always I tell the guy I tell you guys and tell everyone like when they're starting off open up an LLC yeah your LLC deals with money and your person deals with a relationship yeah you
0: know what I mean, so what do you what what about you Nate what have you learned in the past couple months just going even through these new tours and stuff um, just business wise I don't I know we're both also going through the opening of our, our new business basically but yeah, yeah. Um, new things learned. Uh, kind of blurring the lines between music and and business and stuff. What do you think?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think just maybe add a small thing or just that came to mind while you're talking, Joe is like, I think the, like it can sometimes come around in a weird way where you try to make it not about the money, but if you don't respect that, that needs to be a part of it for you as a business, then you put yourself more in a position to need it more in the sense where it's like, you don't want to, I think the balance, like the balance is between being like, hey, I need to keep the relationship with my client in like any freelance world, mm-hmm. right. To be like, Hey, like maybe be a little more flexible sometimes, you know, people debate this, like taking the gigs where they, you know, it can't pay as well, but you want to work with them and, and whatever it is like to make it work. But if you also don't respect that you need to pay yourself at the end of the day, yeah, then if you keep if you keep going the one way and not the other then you will put yourself in a position where all of a sudden
0: yeah you're taking you're, advantage of you're taking advantage yeah. of and all of a sudden term, I'm
2: like well now right. I do need money and now yeah. it is going to become about the money because i made it not about the money right at so the beginning much, yeah. you know I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so it's like it has to be that. and so i think like find the ways to like and like building up the skills of like what language to use too and like yeah. knowing when to time conversations and when to and and knowing that it's like Walking into conversations too and making it about the money right away is different than being like, okay, like, yeah, that's part of it. But mainly it's about like, like for us, like when we're negotiating contracts, sometimes it's, we could put it in that light, but probably another and more team building way to frame it is like, look, like I'm trying to make this sustainable for me. It's like usually like, how are we dividing up roles? Like, how are we, yeah, yeah. and like trying to make it more about the, like, how do we help each other here mm-hmm. rather than it being the, like, hey, I'm trying to make more money. Because as soon as you <laughs> yeah, do yeah, that, yeah, it's like, yeah. people yeah. are going to be like, whoa, whoa, you know, and yeah. like, so I don't know. That's not really a ton of thoughts. But just as you were saying that, that was kind of going through my mind is like, you have to, if you don't protect yourself early on, then it doesn't really matter what happens later because then you're going to be in a hole yeah. and you have to. yeah,
0: yeah. Being it upfront about it, but without necessarily being too pushy, yeah, I think is like good because yeah. you want to respect because you want to respect them, but you also want to respect yourself. Yeah, right? in the beginning, you're not necessarily respecting yourself, mm-hmm. or you don't have like, you know, what is it, March thirty first today? You don't have like you don't have m- m- Matt's March 31st rent pay in mind when you're negotiating at the beginning right, of the month, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. how can we do, how can we get that? And I think, honestly, I think something I have to learn as well is also just like scheduling of payment. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because I can't, I'm realizing now that I can't just get paid at the end of tour. Yeah. You know, because I got pil- bills to pay every month. Exactly. So yeah, I don't know. It's a it's it's just a good conversation to have. A little bit of icebreaker for for y'all listening to um, just get a sense of like just the business um, side of side of side, yeah. of side of side of life. <laughs> Going on to <laughs> topic one, um, <laughs> Joey's origin story. Um, we're shifting a bit to Joey's. For yes, I got Nate on the episode. We love Nate, but I'm just here spe- to help, man. Yeah. I've been here before, <laughs> yeah. so I'm like, <laughs> this is a special guest. I'm just hanging got a special guest in the building, in the uh Holiday Inn Express outside of uh Boston, uh, like Connecticut.
1: Or Fairfield, something F- like that. Something
0: like that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'll check Master Tour. <laughs> yeah, like, Check Master Tour. Where are we at? I feel like Jamie. Jamie, where are we at right now? <laughs> <laughs> East, Hart, Hartford, Hartford, East Hartford, Connecticut. East Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah, because of Gilmore Girls. Yeah, thing. Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Shout out Gilmore Girls. Um. Anyway. So, we got a special guest in East Hartford, Connecticut. Um, so, I wanted to talk to you about yes. your origin story
1: growing up in Brooklyn. Fuck your life, Bing by <laughs> New York. New York, respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> I got to always do the deep so. yeah. voice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, just growing up in Brooklyn, how, how was that?
1: Bushwick. Yeah. Born and raised, yeah. Warner we Rays. just played there this week. Bro, Brooklyn made. Yeah. Literally, the venue was two blocks away from, from, from where I live. And
0: where you grew up, too, you were, like, I, you, would you, you were born in the hospital, the like, hospital. a block a block south or something, yeah. whatever. Um, so, yeah, tell us more about that. We're, we're, we're from Canada, so you got us in your hometown there for a sec.
1: Hometown, bro, you checked in. No, I'm yeah. just <laughs> <laughs> um, man, it's so crazy because growing up, New York wasn't easy, you know. it's, it's definitely was one of the harder places to grow up. Uh, I definitely got jumped a bunch of times as a kid. Sure. Um, but the the great thing, especially in Brooklyn, is that you was always surrounded in music. If sure, it was not yeah. rap, it was something. It was R and B. It was you. You was always involved with some type of music. And I feel like everyone, uh, growing up, tried to take the the rapper route. Everyone wanted to be a rapper. Uh, you know, and like even even if you look at like the Biggie stories and stuff like that, like everyone would meet in the corner store and start freestyling to like a B on the radio. Sure. Um. So that's that's so growing up it was pretty pretty much like it was hard in the sense that like gang culture was so heavy and also it was just like it was it was pretty much like old New York, you know what I mean? Like old right. and when I say old New York it's just yeah, you'll get jumped just for having the nicest phone or whatever. Uh and it's it's New York. Um, but I think just having music around was the great greatest part about it. Yeah. Um Growing up, uh, my grandparents Take me, to ch- they, they went to like this small Pentecostal church in uh Parks, uh, Park Slope. Um, and my grandmother, she was sing. uh, she was part of like the worship team. And my grandfather, uh, he would try to play the drums, he wouldn't do a good job at it. He would Try <laughs> to play the drums, <laughs> and they kind of uh promoted him to being the tambourine player. Hey, all right, <laughs> uh, uh, promotion, yeah, yeah. perk promotion, yes, yeah,
0: sir, yes, yeah, sir.
1: Um, so they were they were very into music, and my sure. grandmother was very she was like, Yo, Joe, like. You know, she was very adamant about me learning piano. She put me in piano classes, sure, yeah, and whatnot. Um, but then growing up, you know, we I, I kind of got involved with some churches in 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 Bushwick and especially in like Ridgewood. And there's this is church called Christ Tabernacle. They're not they're, 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 they 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 kind of switched over the name. They're, now they're Saints Church, but at that time it was Christ Tab. And uh, they they were having one of the biggest youth uh, like youth ministries ever. Um, it was called Youth Explosion. Um, and, uh, I, I couldn't go because my mom didn't trust me to go all the way to Ridgewood, right? Ridgewood is only like, think about like a 15 minute walk from where I'm at. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But sure. my mom was like 15 minutes in Bushwick is like an hour anywhere else. Okay. But no, it's true. like in, in terms of like safety. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Um, uh, so, uh, there was another youth ministry called Yogi Bear, uh, and they will actually pick you up at your house. Okay. So my mom was like if they're not going to pick you up you can't go. I'm like oh my god like I'm just trying to go to church. I, I, I don't understand why it's so hard. Um but long story short uh growing up you know I couldn't go to Christ tab but they they had the best when I say like one of the best uh youth movements in New York. And um you know it was cool because uh in these small Pentecostal churches uh a kid, you're, you're a kid, essentially. You can't do, do anything with the sound. You can't do anything with the camera because you're automatically associated with, like, breaking it. Christ Stab was the first church that I know about that allowed kids to, like, run the production. Right,
0: manipulate and yeah. use, the, use the machine. Exactly, and, and you know what yeah, I mean? And yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah.
1: it was cool because, like, yo, like, I'm going to church to learn how to use a camera. I'm going to church to, like, mix, you know, and uh, mix a real band, not just mix a, you know, like, a bunch of old guys. But yeah, like, yeah <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Yogi Bear was, like, another version of that. Um, so, yeah, so, so you know, and then it was kind of cool because uh, they would pick us up on Saturdays. It was, like, it was this whole thing where it was just, like, it was really good music. They had games and all this fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but, like I said, going back, and I'll probably fast forward a little bit here, um, but I always wanted to, like, learn guitar, learned a little bit of keyboard, and I was just like, man, like, I need to, like, Figure out what I want to do. Yeah. So uh, at this point in life, I think I was like 13 years old. I changed churches. I stopped going to my grandparents' Pentecostal church because it was—I was the only young person there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I started going to this church I grew up in called uh, EBS, Buen uh, Samaritano. And at this point, I learned how to play guitar on YouTube. Um, but I was like, man, like let me just join the band. Yeah. So I started going there. Got involved with like youth ministry. Got involved with the band. We started, then we moved out to like a school location, and our first the first Sunday into that school location, uh, the audio engineer literally just left, Whoa. and I was just like, "What's what's happening here?" Like, and it was like the service is still going; it was still happening. Oh, like mid service, like mid service. Like he literally like, like first song and then dips, <laughs> and I'm and then everyone is like, "What the heck is happening?" And I'm talking about like it's loud. Like you guys hear my mixes. Like I, I tend to be like more on the heavier side of the mixing, yeah. but it's like, no, this was loud. Like I'm okay. talking about like loud, loud. Yeah. <laughs> like uncomfortable loud. Huh? Like uncomfortable loud. Oh, like loud, way like. uncomfortable loud. Like loud. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Yeah. Time thousand. Yeah. Um, and then the pastor's like trying to figure it out. And I'm just like, oh, like I th- I think I can figure it out. Sure. Um, and I was like, What what do you want to bring down? He was like, Bring down the snare. I'm like, Snare down, okay. He was like, "Uh, I think the vocals are too loud. Bring down the vocal." I'm like, and they just like, and then after that, they were like, "All right, cool. you're the new sound guy." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah, man, I don't, I never, I don't know nothing what I'm doing. I, I just play guitar." Like, jeez. And uh, it was cool, man. I think that's th- those were my breeding grounds when it came down to it. And then uh, I got eventually, I got involved with Christ Tab. Uh, yeah. maybe like 3 years after that and that at that point i already knew like i understood found it like i did so much research on youtube mm. i was like how the heck like i would google how to make eq a kick drum or how to sure. uh do a reverb yeah uh, and you know it was the first console was like a, a yamaha ls9 i don't know if you guys have ever bro that's that, <laughs> that console was garbage the, the og <laughs> though the og og yeah. <laughs> i remember where yeah. buying it was like almost like Nine grand. Now you could get it for, like, 200 bucks. Okay. But Jeez. Yeah, I got involved with uh, Tab later on, and they were still doing a lot of those big uh, youth movements. And uh, they will always have, like, a conference once a year. Yeah. Like, about, like, 1,500 to 2,000. Oh, like my youth gosh. Students yeah, yeah. come out, and it's it was, like, a conference. And, yeah, man, it kind of, like, was Breeding Grounds. And uh, shortly after that, I got involved with uh, Hillsong NYC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big, big church. Yeah, yeah. So that that that's. I feel like that's where I learned a lot of my like, kind of like, foundate like, now getting to like a serious, season in my life. You know what I mean with music and sound and yeah. Um, imagine like, think about think about each service being a show, capped out at three thousand people doing it nine Mm -hmm. times a Sunday. Yeah, man. How crazy is that? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> New York is, is wild for that.
2: Yeah, my cousin took me to uh, Hillsong NYC one time. Right. And big. Oh. It's big, big place.
1: And it was it's great, too, man. Like, in terms of, like, what the experience provides, like, it wasn't, like, it was excellence at 1,000%. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, it was, like, if we were just doing, if we were, like, yeah. if, it felt like if we were on tour and we just, it was, like, clockwork. We knew what we were doing. We knew yeah. what we had to do. So Yeah. Yeah, so yeah man.
0: Often, so, for me, background for, for those who um don't know a lot of you don't know i guess but i don't necessarily come from a church background um one of my notes here is the production t- to church correlation yeah so for me i'm i don't really know a lot of that background and i don't necessarily associate church with music production yeah but obviously you 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 well you both oh yeah, sort yeah, gr- of grew grew <laughs> grew into that uh, and grew up in sorry grew I- up in that kind of Um, environment. So I guess I open up the floor to you both. Um, the correlation between production, especially music and church. Um, for those who don't know, have never experienced it, where are y'all at in in that kind of
1: bag? You want to go first, or? No, you take you you go first. Like, listen, man, I got a lot to say. <laughs> right, yeah. I put, I put uh, this is probably gonna be a free plug for uh, for elevation, but I was yeah. put I was putting you guys onto that to that new uh, song that they just yeah. came out, um, and it's it's insane because like it's literally like a hyper pop kind of vibe. You know what I mean? You start off with like <laughs> so well. a choir, and then it's like and it's like bro, it's I don't know, I kind of, I kind of love it, but yeah. Um, in terms of coloration, I'll I'll I guess I'll touch the topic of like correlation with music production and then I'll talk about like production in terms of like the show. Like yeah, like live, production, live production. Yeah yeah. In terms of music, I think back then I, I don't know what was going on with that generation or like previous generations, but I feel like everything had to be different. Like you knew like you knew what was church music and you knew what was secular music. And yeah. I feel like now our generation kind of stepped up and it was like we don't need to follow like these guidelines that we give we we are free to express how we feel with music. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think we uh, at least this modern generation of like I would even say like like Christians and churches they're they're exploring like what new sounds they could put, they could come up with as a as a group. Um and which is great, you know what I mean? Like a perfect example is Lecrae who back then was just straight up rap. Now it's like his music is like he's hitting like EDM stuff. Right. You know what oh, I mean? Really? Yeah, it's like good, like good EDM. So I
2: haven't tried to look crazy in a long time, but that's a name
1: I haven't heard in a while. In <laughs> oh, yeah. the church scene, I heard it's both. crazy. Yeah. Wow, and that's a throwback. <laughs> but then it's like you think about like Hillsong Young and Free, right? Like yeah, yeah. they were very much like rocky at first, and now they're like they're 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 bring they they had an EDM season, and now they're like going back towards like that like pop era, you know? Mosaic was the other. There
2: was another Mosaic church was in the L.A. that was kind of that scene, right?
3: Yeah
1: mosaic was very much in that scene for sure like in terms of like they they were kind of coming into like that pop they, i feel like yeah, they were yeah, like yeah. one of the first pioneers to bring that pop sound into like gotcha. what church music is you know what i mean um and then elevation rhythm you know what i mean that, mm. i feel like that's been their niche in terms of like introducing mm. pop the genre of pop into like what christian music is you know what yeah I, it, it's not just like a bubble where it's just like this is what Christian music is and this is what you listen to. But now it's like, I could, I could freaking dance to, to church music, which is wild. Yeah, 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 about. yeah.
0: Um, f- Even from my end of things, you were showing me some stuff today and yesterday and I was like, oh, crazy. This is not what I'm used to from the, f- to hearing from the outside too. Mm, right. Exactly. Um. So yeah, it's wild. It's wild, dude. Yeah. Um What about from the live production side, uh, live, live, uh live stage side, yeah. live music?
1: Um, I think, I think the church has adapted. And when I say the church, meaning like these, like just church in general, um, has adapted to what the golden standard is for production. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, thank God for Behringer. You know what I mean? Thank yeah, God yeah. for Midas. Because <laughs> yeah. back, the, you know, like, like I said, the LS9 was starting at $9,000. You know what I mean? And it was, it was even hard to get an analog board growing up. Um, so I kind of love the fact that uh, resources are becoming more available. Sure, you could, you could get consoles. Yeah. You could get lights. You don't necessarily have to spend fifty, sixty thousand dollars. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I think the golden standard is—it's is becoming a golden standard to have at least a level of excellence uh, with with what you're doing. And I think the, the word excellence is like what's been carrying the movement in terms of production. You know what I mean? Like uh, I, my my greatest example of what all this—you know—of of of that is Hillsong. Yeah, you know, like. We'll, we'll bump into our venue at five thirty. do a proper line check Do set up every set up the mic, set up the snake, set up our racks. Um, and it, it essentially, it felt like now comparing it to like what we're doing now with our shows and stuff like that. It felt like, like a standard, you know what I mean? It didn't, it was like, we, it's not like we're going to figure it out. It was like, no, yeah. like we, we know what we're doing.
0: You expect it. And
1: what you're expecting is excellence. Excellence. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, man, and, and I, kind of, I kind of love the fact that resources are now made available for all churches, not just, like, churches yeah. with money. You know what I mean? Because like, that was a thing, too. It was just, like, churches with money.
2: So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's probably worth noting, too, we're mainly probably talking about churches that are, like, mainstream kind of yeah. uh, evangelical type yeah. churches where that's, like, there's definitely still churches out there that are, like, gospel <laughs> like, choir or yeah. whatever, you know what I mean? There's, like, different types of churches out there. and. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I think what's probably what's interesting too, you probably found this is, and you know, for obviously the controversy around a lot of churches still right now, and a lot of like, yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, what you're saying about the, the standard of excellence, I feel like part of that comes down to. I'd be curious what you think about this, but in church, like I remember going up, it's so much about the musical experience. Yeah, it's so less about you trying to perform and like put on something as a performer. Yeah. It's so much about like creating an environment that I is mean. kind of experiential. So then you cr- have to create like, you know, it's like you don't want uh, like stopping the song yeah. halfway through the track <laughs> is like also got like experiential and like spiritual significance in a way. Yeah. So it almost creates even a higher precedent of being like, we have to make this really, really good. Right. Take with that what you will in terms sure, of that's yeah, a good or that's bad a, thing. Yeah, yeah. Wow, but wow, wow. it definitely, like, in terms of production standpoint, it's like you kind of go into it being like, how do we create, not just like, how do I not get on stage and write a sick guitar solo? Right. right. From my standpoint, it's like you you're in a environment where it's always thinking about the
1: bigger picture. It's always thinking about the yeah
2: the way it sounds, the way every, all the instruments play together. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't know if you feel that way too. I, I, that. I agree with you on that. It definitely takes a village to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. And yeah, I, 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 it's so crazy that you say that because like, it really is It really is creating an experience, you know, between and, and even on talking on the production side, it's the connecting with the lighting, connecting with the audio. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Making sure things are tight in terms of like stage and timing and all that. Yeah. And, a lot of people would say like, well, that's just, that's, that's not excellent. I, you know, that's, that's just a routine or, or whatever. And, uh, I kind of disagree with that. Cause it's like, man, like if it's not for those little details, yeah. that experience won't happen. Like, the, uh, you know, not even to get like spiritual, but like God will still come, right? Like the Holy Spirit will still come. But, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people say like, oh, like you don't need to do those little details of excellence to make the, make the experience happen. But it's like, in my head, like without those excellence, like those pieces of excellence and those little details. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you just, it, it's like might as well just not done it at all and just do it regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because, like, it's those little details that kind of separate uh, whats what you're trying to do in that moment.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, before we get into, like, how it crosses over into the yeah, yeah, other, like, stuff we're doing right now, like, just to take a step back, what you're saying about, like, growing up in that environment, too. Mm-hmm. Like, what I found so important, mm-hmm. like, what you're saying <laughs> is, like, That was the first time, like being in that environment as a kid too, and get like the opportunity to be like, oh, I'm learning like how to set up like my DI boxes, (laughs) how to like, yeah, like I had buddies that learned how to mix from sure youth group. You know what I mean? Because it's like, or you get to play with people a bit older than you too, because it's a big generational thing in churches. So it's like I get to play with I'm, you know, I was like 15 or 16 playing with a studio drummer who's like 30. Yeah. yeah. And I can pick up stuff from him, or I can pick up stuff from the bass player, or whatever it might be. Um,
0: yeah, so you're not necessarily... going to play the click. Sure, track, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're not necessarily restrained to your friends in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to church on the weekend, or whatever, you're playing with some experienced people. Yeah. Um, also, before we, we, we go on to another, another topic, um, just on the note of experience... You asked us the other day when when we first met up for the East Coast leg like, of the uh, this Elio tour that we're on currently. Um, how do you want to feel when you're on stage, or what 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 do you want the crowd to feel like? Do you want it to sound like a rock show? Do you want it to sound intimate, or yeah. what was the third one?
1: I was like, do you want it to sound big? Sure, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, but but we spoke today or last night in Washington. We we spoke about. You wanting to not necessarily caring about the quality. N- you care about the quality, but mm-hmm. you you said specifically that you're trying to create an experience for the people. Yeah, you want them to to be like, "Dang, I want I want to go come back to see this again." Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that because it it reminded me of what you were saying. What you were just saying now reminds reminded me of the conversation that we've been having through this tour about creating an experience and not necessarily only creating a one-hour sure. show,
1: yeah, you know? Um, Definitely. I think it's so crazy because I never used to think about it until uh, I got to do this show with this artist named Ray Brown. Um, and, you know, he, he was really loving the mix. And he, he comes to me, he was like, yo, I felt like, this feels like my first concert. I was so lost by what he meant by that. And he and I, and I was like, w- like, what do you mean? He was like, no, like, I remember being a kid, like 14, 15 years old, being in the front row, and feeling the sub in my chest and, like, still ex- like still kind of, like, enjoy- still enjoying the show and, like, everything's still clear. But it was, like, that moment is what made me fall in love with music. And, Dang, uh, that's, like, an ins- that's an amazing compliment. Bro, and it's, like, it, when I heard that, I kind of, like, teared up a little because I, I had that same, same uh, experience, you know, like, being uh-huh. a kid, my first concert. Bro, like, I was just, like, whoa, like, what is this? Yeah. And that's why I'm so big on, like, making the – like the show and the experience, you know what I mean. Yeah. And that's how I even go about with churches too. And like, yeah. like it, at the end of the day, it's an experience that you're creating, either with 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 Christ or with the artist. What the artist is trying to do in that moment with the fans, you know what I mean. And I know I joke around with a lot with me, like, oh, I want them subs or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like that is part of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Because
0: the subs are giving that, that physical reaction as well, or exactly. that ph- physical effect. Exactly. Yeah. But it's just like
1: the low end in general in the mix is what kinda makes you f- like kinda just engages you. You yeah. know what I mean? Not saying like bump up the bass and you're gonna get the same result, but it's yeah, like yeah. it's a tool to kind of build that. Um but yeah in terms in terms of like creating experience, that's like that's that's the goal every single time I'm behind the board. Yeah. Being a church Sunday Sunday out of church or, you know, going on tour and mixing an arena yeah. or stadium. You
0: know that's a great leeway into our next topic. <laughs> um <laughs> The first gig out of um, Hillsong, um, you know, Elevation, Elevation Rhythm and stuff. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about that. First gig out of that kind of bag, that kind of environment, community. Mm -hmm. What was that like?
1: It was crazy. Um, So I I did it for free for a long time uh, because I had a nine to five. I was working IT. Yeah. Yeah. and I was just like, bro, like, I don't need, I don't need, like, this is just my volunteer time. Like, I love mixing. I love doing it. Uh, so then, beginning of 2021, uh, Peloton had, like, this massive layoff. They laid off me and, like, my entire team. Um, and I hit up my buddy, J- Destin, Dustin Johnson. Free plug. Woo!
3: <laughs> <laughs> he,
1: uh, he hits me up. And uh, I'm like, yo, bro, like looking for work. Like, let me know. At this point, we worked, we did church together. He came to Hills. He was doing Hillsong and C three stuff in New York. Uh, we did a show with this artist named Colin Scott. Um, and then after that, he I think that was I, I swear that was my my test run because he he called me. He was like, yo, this last minute, but can you do it? I'm like, yeah, like sure. I did the monitors. I helped mix the the, the recording for for the TV and whatnot. And then after that. It was like, he literally texted me. He was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to start calling you for stuff. I'm like, cool. Like, I'll, if I could fit into my schedule, i am yeah. You know, I was working Peloton full time. Um, so I got laid off. I'm like super depressed. I took it. I take my like two weeks off just to like, all right, cool. Like I got to like get myself in the right headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, and he texted me. He was like, yo, bro, you got a second for a call. I'm like, sure. Like, hit me up. What's up, bro? Uh, and he was like, yo, so I have this artist named Deb Never. Homie. lover. Uh, And he told me, me, like, I think they're looking for a tour manager. Do you know how to tour manage? I told him, no, I don't know how to tour manage. (laughs) I never toured manage in my life. I know how to do sound and maybe some lights. Sure, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Uh, And then he was like, all right, cool. Um, So I'll let them know you know how to tour manage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, no, bro, I just said I don't know how to. Uh, He was like, no, it's going to be easy. Don't worry. And, um, man, it was so crazy because... Uh, literally after 30 minutes after that conversation, I get a call from Deb's manager. Um, and he was like, yo, like, you know, like, can you tell me about your resume? Like, let me know what you know. Yeah. And I'm like, I was like, bro, like all, all I know is, you know, I've done like Vivo stuff, right? Like Vivo was my, my biggest client for almost like, I, I would say like my, my mentor, Casey Graham, he, he kind of brought me into that world and was like, yo, like I'm gonna teach you everything I know. And yeah. he kind of was like, all right, like, this is how you approach artists. This is how you go about shows. This is how you approach about gear. And he kinda like taught me that world a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh I that's that's all I knew outside of like the Hill song stuff, right? The church stuff. Um and he was like, All right, cool. So uh so Michael's still uh, well Deb's manager is still like interviewing me through the phone and he was like, yo, yeah, like so I'll be straightforward. I just need somebody that's gonna fit the vibe. And it sounds like you fit the vibe. True. So uh I'm gonna send you the dates. I'm like, oh snap! <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I think after nego- going back to like negotiating, kind of was like, I think at first they were like wanted to start me off at, like six hundred bucks a week, and I was just like, bro, I can't even feed my family at six hundred bucks a week. Yeah. Um, so I was like, hey, like let's do this. Let's let's negotiate. I'll do the tour managing, production managing side of stuff. I will also mix sure from the house, and Heads up, I own a lot of my own gear. Yeah. At this point, I was still, like, making my little LV-1 situation. Sure. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. A, Uh Deb had, like, some in here, so we used Deb's uh, IMs. Um, and I was just, like, I had my mics. I bought, like, a bunch of mics, like, SE mic. The mics that we have now, Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a smaller tour, by the way. Like, what size of tour was this for Deb? This was uh, she was op- this is the, uh, when she was opening up for Omar. Sure. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So it was, like, bro, she was hitting, like, 2,000 cap rooms. Mm-hmm. Oh, true, okay. Big. So it was like, it was, it was everything from 500 to like 3000. Gotcha. That was our biggest room. We did the shrine. The shrine holds how many people? Like 6,000 in LA? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We we sold out the shrine, which was crazy. Yeah. That was a crazy (laughs) show. But, um, we negotiated with them in terms of like, all right, like this, I want to do more. I'll do all that. Plus do sound and I'll drive. And, uh, we were able to like meet in a happy ground, um, but that was my that was my first tour, and it's like the, I knew how to like crush it on the audio side. But I was still kind of learning the TMing side, like how yeah. to settle and whatnot. And I have a bunch of friends that are like are TMs now. And I was like, I think when, when after that phone call, I called like eleven people. Yeah. And it was just like, Yo, so what is settling? Uh, yo, so what, what, what? You know, how the heck do you create a a hospitality sheet? What's a tech writer? Uh, you know, who should I email? Do I need to like talk to somebody about this? <laughs> it was, it was the most funniest thing, bro. Because I felt so lost and so stupid. Yeah, but it was like it was basically like training grounds. You know what I mean? And uh, I even spoke to Deb, and Deb was like, "I know you're not a tour manager, but like, that's uh, you know, I love I love that you you said yes and we're learning together." Yeah. Um, but that was my first show outside of church stuff. Dang. And it, it went it went really really well. That's great. Yeah, it went really really well. Um, when was this, bro? That was the beginning of last year, twenty twenty. What? Yeah,
2: bro, that's crazy. I'm gonna be real with you, dude. I thought you've been doing this for like years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess bro. you have with church stuff, but like been, when I when I met you,
1: oh my gosh, for the Nico Rubio stuff. That right? was. I like that mean, that's the first six year. Six months later. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, that's wild, dude. Dude, when I tell you, like, man, that's why it's uh, this this industry is amazing because it was literally people just like training me as I'm on the ground. Yeah. it's wild, dude. Well, that's a, such a gift though of being a part of a team like that
2: and like having those connections too. Because, like, I mean, we're like I'm super new to this too, but it's like a couple weeks with someone who knows a little more than you. Yeah, massive difference, really. Like I found that at least, like touring with some of Charlie's team, it's just like having a couple of people that are willing to. Pl- I'm sure you felt this too, like having a couple of people that are willing to talk with you for a bit and like yeah, yeah. show you stuff. Like,
1: I definitely think like it, it was definitely something that was gate gate keep gate kept. Oh yeah, it was great. Like, yeah, I remember my first tour, bro. Like, I'll ask any TM questions they'll be like, "Yo, get out my face and close the door." <laughs> on me. No way, bro. Phil Phillips. I don't. I'm probably get canceled <laughs> saying this, bro. But Phil <laughs> Phillips tour, my first, <laughs> tour, my, first tour, my first tour, bro. That was the hard one. And really? this is before like before having my kids, before getting married, you know, before even my IT job, I was trying to pursue touring. Okay. Um my first tour was with Philip Phillips and uh I was just like a production manager assistant with backline tech. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. and dude, like I would like ask questions about TMing, what is TMing? Like what's the bright process of doing things and literally she was the TM was so mean to me. No way. Dude, like when I tell you like I felt mi- I was like if this is touring, I don't want to do touring. Yeah.
2: Dang. Right. How do you mind me asking? Like, are they like, were they like of an older generation or are they like, older,
1: yeah, everybody was older. Generation. Right. Sure. Mm. And that's why I like kind of messed up to say, but I'm kind of happy COVID happened a little bit. Cause it, mm-hmm. it kind of, um, it opened up a way where it opened up the door for, for our generation essentially to step into markets like music. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, like it, it was a crappy situation, like crappy season for a lot of people. Right. Like, but it also opened up so many doors. a Built so many careers, it opened so many businesses, um, and it kind of was like that shift that was needed for a lot of industries. Yeah, yeah. Um, Music being one of them.
0: Hmm. We're getting a lot more calls now because a lot of the older generation is either retiring or found other jobs to pay the bills during the the pandemic, and they they thought it was a more sustainable option. Um, So, yeah, we're now getting those calls. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Virus. Uh, we're now getting some 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 really cool calls. Um, only if anybody on this,
1: uh, only if, uh, everyone understood the reference to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, on so Island. Yeah. Cool.
0: <laughs> so we're we're getting we're getting cool calls, and it, it's great to be. Um, it's great to have stuck in the business like after COVID. Yeah. Um, but not everybody was as lucky. Um, to yeah. kind of stay in the business. Yeah. You were about to say something.
2: I was going to ask. Like, do you? 'Cause I found this in like I feel like in a bunch of creative industries probably what what you were saying that pattern is like of people not being able to stay in the industry who are of the older generation and now you got a lot of younger cats coming in. Yeah. I don't know if I could say cats, maybe cut that out, maybe I'll say just younger <laughs> people. Um But I'm curious. I don't know, like I'm curious as someone like yourself who's maybe been around a few more touring crews and who's been doing this a little bit. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Like it like because I've definitely felt that, too. It's like when we run with people who are... I, I don't know. I don't want to sound bad, but do you know what I mean? In terms yeah, yeah, of like having a mean. bit of a different way of thinking about it. Yeah. Or way more team mentality or like... I think... Yeah. Does it, that make sense? It, like, no, no.
1: I, I get where you're coming from. Um, I think the previous generation, especially within music, kind of figured it out on their own. Um, oh, and but uh, w- While figuring it out on their own, they kind of had like a lot of... Rough patches. Mm. Um, and I think as they were figuring out, like, how to build the industry, a lot of abuse came into it. Like, right. you know, drug abuse, uh, you know, verbal abuse, or what, whatever the case may be. And I think that kind of made them very bitter. And uh, because it was something that a lot of people kind of figured out on their own, they, that's why it was so gate-kept. Because, like, we figured out the industry. we We know what we want. You know, like we know what the industry is supposed to look like. We know what the profession, you know, what's the professional way versus the uh, amateur way. Um, and I think they, they, you know, the older generation kind of messed up on that, on that, and more because it kind of created, it kind of created more leeway for us to get more curious and figure out the same things they figured out.
0: Yeah. Um, and if I can step in here, now we got more tools as well. I was going to say, I, more I, I tech-wise and resources in terms of learning resources, right? Yeah, like- YouTube. Bro. Is, I know you know this. You were just mentioning this. YouTube is crazy now. It gets it's got stupid. everything. Everything.
1: Bro. Reddit, everything. Bro. And there's also like resources online, dude. Yeah. Bro, free plug to MXU. If you guys don't know what MXU is, sign up. I do not know what MXU is. Do I know? don't know. what. The, no. It is, I would say, it is the only resource. It's church-based. It's faith-based. Church but it's the only resource that actually gives you pro, I was going to say pro audio, but just pro production one-on-ones. Dang. Dude, I'm talking about like- For free? Uh, they, 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 char- they have a free service, but okay, okay. Uh, if you do the paid uh, subscription, which is like 20 bucks or 30 bucks, whatever the case is, um, bro, you're learning from like the best of the best in the industry. Dang. Giving you perspective, not t- telling you how to change knots, but like teaching you the tech side, but also giving you perspective on like what you're doing in that moment. Dang, so it's like it's so important. It's so important, bro. Yeah, because like telling you, like same thing. Everything was so gate kept. Yeah. yeah, everything was like, yeah. No, nah, bro. Oh, go go.
0: No, <laughs> I, I just just on the gate kept thing is this. Is, this is the point of the podcast. Yeah, it's literally th- that's like the number one goal. Is oh, to yeah. share information that that has has never been, not never been shared, but j- just even documented. Yeah. Like nobody's talking about this stuff, and for people that want to get into it, plug, eight's creative, just cloud machine podcast, just in general, it's all about that. It's 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 asking questions to the people that aren't in the spotlight. Yeah, and when I say spotlight is, um, it's like the the people that are supporting these artists and. Yeah. Um, in the background and off stage and stuff like that, and on stage as well. Um, even a couple weeks ago, we had Noah Schwartz on the podcast, and he was saying how in Toronto only there's about two thousand to three thousand people that work with with like on Drake. Wow, like or have a direct impact so on Drake's like artist, like the like character business, Drake, like, yeah, the yeah. business, yeah, exactly the yeah. business of Drake. There's about three thousand people That's only wild. in Toronto that work on his brand basically, on his business. So again, yeah, it's the the goal of this podcast is to not gatekeep this information anymore because it's a new age of sharing. Yeah. Um and uh enough with this like whole like gatekeeping yeah. Yeah. thing.
2: And and like I feel like it's also I mean you're seeing this in other areas of music in terms of recording and writing. When it's like when more tools come out to make things easier mm-hmm. to do. Like able to have Logic Pro on your laptop is, like, okay, I got a full, yeah, full studio, whatever, you know, in yeah. my laptop. laptop. Same with live production. I've been realizing this as we've been doing things is, like, I would go look up videos on, like, running, like, playback rigs and stuff. And I'm, like, yeah. dang, like, they got, like, crazy radial switchers and, like, <laughs> you know, big, like, eight-channel DIs. And then, like, I stumble across the iConnectivity stuff. And it's, like, oh, so, like, with one interface, you can get a redundant playback rig. Okay. And it's, like... <laughs> But it's like that stuff is like the last, when did that come out?
1: Like last, yeah. last five three. years? Yeah. Eight, no, I connectivity, bro. Maybe like the last three, last four. Because yeah. uh, freaking Motu was like the, the standard. Yeah, Motu.
0: Yeah, for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, exactly. Like but some so of those resources, like in 2014 or whatever, aren't, yeah. Like aren't even, how right. do I even say that? Like aren't even up to date anymore. Yeah.
2: yeah. But then, like in terms of that gatekeeping, too, it's like now there's also, you have that paired with, tools that make it easier to do it for like e- it's a learning uh how do i say that? it's like an easier learning curve is that
1: yeah. fair to say yeah, yeah. do
0: you agree with that tech yeah. tech's yeah. getting better
1: yeah yeah you know so you know so i realized that when i went to sae i dropped off dropped off my uh i dropped out my second module because i was like i could literally learn this on my own mm. there's resources true there's some resources out there for that are made available for free instead of me getting into like a twenty thousand dollars debt. I was gonna ask, did you go to post secondary for audio or anything? Or? I so check this out. I went to college to uni, um, and I did two years, got my associates, and I dropped out. I was supposed to get a bachelor's, which was four years. Yeah, I, I hated every moment of it. I was like, school is not for me. So the only best op, I was like, I just need to, I need to somewhat, somehow invest or learn to do this stuff because I, I don't want to get into the industry and I'm just going to make a horrible name for myself mm-hmm. because I don't know what I'm doing so I went to SAE um, and I met so many people there I think the beautiful thing about SAE was the fact that everyone had the same goal everyone wanted to build a connection everyone wanted to be the best producer best sound engineer that they could be um, and I think in that process I learned that a lot of people were there just to because we were given that promise of like we go here we'll 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 work at the best studios and we'll have the best records. But it's like, no, like quickly, I think you quickly understand that it's all about the connections that you make. Um, and it's about how much time you're willing to put into like learning the software, learning the, the, the actual equipment that you have. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Just to go into something else, just to keep, keep it moving along. Uh, the first credit that I said was, um, that was associated to your resume. It was Billy Eilish? Yeah. Um, can we talk? Can we take a moment to talk about that and um, the VIVO session, right? Because yeah. that's what it was. Yep. It was a, a recorded session.
1: Uh, it's a VIVO Lift Live.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah.
1: New York. New York. Dang. How, how, wh- wh- what was happening there? Um, it's kind of crazy because going back to like Casey, uh, who he oversees like the audio post production pre production, uh, for VIVO. Um, and a bunch of other companies but Vivo is like primarily the one Um, Mm. he brought he so he hired me to do like going back to to that world record. he hired me just to do like wireless stuff he never hired me to do production stuff Um, and it started with like hey can you just like make sure RF is clean to like you think you could uh, record this and I'm just gonna step away and I'm like are you sure? <laughs> but, um, Dang. it's, it's wild because, so my first interaction with Billy was actually for Vivo discover. She was like one of the first discover acts, uh, for, for, for that, uh, sequel. Um, and then she went on, she did another discover artist to watch. Um, and that's when I had the, that first one on one with her. Um, and it was cool because it's like, it was literally our team just kind of running that, the Vivo team. And then, uh, it was probably one of the most viewed discovers out there. Yeah, wow. And then uh, later, you know, I think two years later, we were in this room with her doing her discover her not her discover her uh, VIVO Lift Live. Yeah, which was like a full production. Like, uh, and that's why I first met Drew, her front of house engineer. I met that's why I met her family. Um, and it's that's that 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 literally was a, like a I guess a, a door that opened up a relationship with her. Yeah. Um, and it was cool you know what i mean like it was the first time where i, I met finn too you know what i mean so it was it, it was it was definitely an experience in terms of like getting to meet her and then also like working with with drew on like getting that front of house mix but also yeah. like getting the back end of what everyone else is listening to on the, mm. on the broadcast side of it so that was kind of cool like just being completely involved and that's actually awesome when i first learned about se mics yeah true true right. SE mics were not a thing, bro. They were like the, they were like the Chinese brand that you wouldn't buy. Right. Um and through Drew, I found SE mm. and yeah, that's what he uses for all the Billy stuff, which is awesome.
0: They're becoming one of the biggest mic Now they're that's the, they're,
1: crazy. they're becoming one of the biggest mic brands. Bro. Yeah. Wow. Um but yeah, Dang man. You know.
2: Shout
0: out SE. Yeah, I know you're listening. We <laughs> just
2: switched <laughs> to the v 7
1: capsule for Charlie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, dang, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, man, that, that, so that opened up so many doors. Um, and then, uh, got connected with Drew on that end. And then Drew would just, we, you know, we became homies on IG and mm-hmm. he would like hit me up for just like one offs, which was cool. Um, oh, cool. And then, yeah, it was kind of cool. Cause, uh, after the Billy stuff, he stepped into some Omar Apollo stuff. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. So he was front of house for Omar, uh, for the last, last uh run that he did mm. um and it was like bro like he was telling <laughs> me like he never done anything outside of billy and it was like he wanted to like basically like uh oil up the, the the gears again yeah 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 because like when when you do billy for four years straight it's like bro like that's all you know you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? like yeah same yeah, thing yeah. with church right yeah, like yeah. i grew up and the only thing i knew was church um sure you can get
0: caught up in that like really easily yeah you only know bad guy you know what I'm saying like <laughs> you yeah, only yeah. know that set for X amount of time. Okay, maybe they're producing another record. Maybe you're doing new songs every yeah. like what six months. Six months. Like, yeah. bro. So it's like okay, he's wild. You yeah. Know, yeah, press yeah, you play. Th- you know the faders are auto- almost automatic at <laughs> exactly. that point too. You yeah. Know. yeah. Well, I was to say too.
2: Like usually, most artists have a genre or style or something that, that they live in, yeah. right? So even their news, it's like you kind of get into a bit of a box a bit and yeah. then I find sometimes even when we start to work with a new artist, it's like sometimes they're similar but sometimes they're different and like both feel-wise in terms of what we have to do as musicians but also technically mm-hmm. the production, it's like, oh, it just has different needs. It has yeah. different, yeah, yeah, Everybody's whatever. Everybody's different. It requires different equipment sometimes yeah. and Then it's like it pushes you to learn that or pushes you to figure that out and if you yeah. don't do that, then I can see why it might get tough then if you have to jump to jump somewhere else, you know? Mm. Exactly.
1: Yeah, th- I think that's, I think yeah, we were even talking about that regarding music today. Is like, that's why I can't listen to like the same song or like I can't listen to the same genre every single time. You can not listen to Don Tolliver
2: every day? Actually, uh, <laughs> yes. Don. Okay, okay. <laughs> A little Donnie. Yeah, <laughs> he's bump, I just say that because you're bumping in the car when you're driving. You're like, I know, I know. I know. Of okay, so Sorry. from
0: that, going back into, I guess, touring, you mentioned Omar as well with one of your other credits. Yeah. Um I guess, Going just not necessarily talking about the artist, but just like some of the biggest challenge lessons that you've learned yeah. like I still can't believe you've only done this for like maybe a y- couple years yeah uh um, pre- well pre- outside of church, yeah, um, but maybe some of the biggest challenge challenges lessons yeah um and maybe even some tips and tricks for for the new definitely the new people coming in
1: uh i'll I'll get a little vulnerable, I yeah, think yeah. touring my first year was kind of hard, yeah, um, I think touring. Also, uh, it's a, is a door that uh, introduces a lot of new abuses in terms of, like, alcohol abuse or mm-hmm. drug abuse. And I think that, you know, being in the tour game, you kind of see that everywhere. Yeah. Right. I went from not knowing, you know, not, not seeing that on the daily to now having people, like, shoot up coke in the corner or people getting drunk after the show. Um, having to, like, and especially when you're the tour manager, right? Like, you kind of have to, like, figure out, like, how to... Crowd control that 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 crowd, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's probably that's
2: probably way different than growing up in the church scene. Oh yeah, it was way <laughs> different. I think it's it was like, such
1: a culture shock for me because I was like, yeah. I never dealt with this. Yeah. And how can I be respectful and kind of like still le- run like drive the ship without having people feel offended or upset that I said something? Right. I'm um, sure. I know for me, um, I kind of and like I said, this is just me being vulnerable. I know. Uh, the biggest challenge I went through on my first tour was drinking. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've never drank in my I think I had my first beer at 22, 23. True. Um, and on tour, it's available to you like if it's water. Right. Literally like beers every night, tequila every night. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, and I think after, after a while, you kind of get used to like, man, like, I'm just drinking. I'm just drinking. Let's do shots. Let's do shots. You know what I mean? Um, and I... I unknowingly kind of fell into this habit where it's just like I was drinking every night for like two weeks, and I was just like, "Man, like I don't feel like myself." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So that was yeah. That's and then it's like obviously had to like kind of snap back, and be like, "All right, cool. Like I gotta stop the drinking, because it's easily can become a like a, an abuse on tour." Yeah, yeah. Um, and even like talking to some of the older guys, uh, that that was the breaking point for a lot of them was. Uh, just kind of like it started with with a shot, then to drinking every day, to you know, then to doing drugs, and then to like doing more than drugs. You know what I mean? So yeah, it kind of that 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 routine is a thing. Uh, mm. Jumping yeah. into the touring world, but I think, um, but going back to your question, that 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 was the, literally the first thing I thought about was like how easy and accessible that stuff is. Sure, yeah. You find it's like cope. Is it like coping for a lot of people? It on is. The road. Well, it's not easy. You guys know that. Yeah. Like, like for me, I'm gone six, seven weeks out of the time sometimes away from my family. I have two kids. Right, know. yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like you're working every other day or three days, four days, and then you have one day <laughs> off, and then you do it again for another four days. So it, it really all depends on like what the schedule is. But yeah, man, that's uh, a yeah. that's one of the biggest things. <laughs> are we th- are we the tamest tour you've done? Tamest tour I've done. I think you guys are the more chill. <laughs> okay, yeah. I think the, the tamest tour I've done. Let me see which one. Believe it or not, the Lolo gig. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, at the beginning of the tour, we decided to make it a dry tour. Dang. Right? that's yeah, great. Yeah, we were yeah. Like we were like, we're, in, we're if we're gonna drink, you know, at you, uh, your own accord after the show, at the local pub. Yeah, right, kind know, of
2: outside know. of touring camp. Exactly. Uh, yeah.
1: And I think that was so good that we did that because, uh, you know, I, based on the stories I heard, is that. Uh, the low, the when Lola was opening up for Dua Lipa, mm it got kind of it got kind of crazy. Yeah, sure. Um, so I was like, hey, like let's just keep it into a dry tour, and then Lola was like, yes, I want to keep this into a dry tour. So sick. Uh, that was kind of cool, like to kind of keep it tame and like relax. Mm. We will we will we we like watch movies and eat. That's cats. Cr- that's so great. Like that. yeah. yeah, I love um, that. But yeah, that's the. Well, t- you guys are kind of like I. I really love the Elio camp because like you guys are chill. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> No one has abuse it. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, um, we're like nap in the van type. Nap of in like. the van yeah, type yeah, of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> eat some uh eat some uh sandwiches and stuff.
2: Big sandwich fans.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't
0: mentioned it on the podcast. I'm a big sandwich guy. Yeah. Just in general. <laughs> you know you know how it is? Yep. Um you got any like just quick tips and tricks yeah, yeah. for
1: people new 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 to the game? Yeah. Um even for us. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. I, yeah. Uh, I definitely, my biggest advice is, um, man, don't be, don't be scared to like, say no. Mm, yeah. That's my biggest thing is that, mm. as someone that's starting off, you just want to say yes to everything. And I, I fell victim to that too, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, you want the experience, you you know, too, you want the money as well, right? Um, but it's like, sometimes your nose could get you a better yes down the road. yeah. yeah. And I kind of, I found that out through like saying no to some of the biggest gigs I would have had to date at that time. That opened up some doors for later on, like this year. Um, that's my biggest advice, man. Like, and then also like, don't be afraid to say no, but also like, understand your market. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I think we were talking about this earlier today in terms of like working with independent artists. Uh, that's probably one of the hardest things we could do in our industry and what we do between musicians and production um and it's like you know sometimes you, there's a very thin line between outselling yourself and uh and you know kind of like doing a low ball barrel of, of uh of payment in terms of like your your uh, your business yeah. um uh, but it's like yeah man like you guys are bringing a value to to the show you guys are bringing a value to what you to to everything uh, that's including That's that's involving the music And the live production so Yeah It's like Yeah What's your dream gig? Oh that's a good one <laughs> That is a good
2: one Besides Alio on and
1: us Like <laughs> us. Man You know what <laughs> My big My dream gig
0: Yeah We all got one I'll ask you next It's hard man Yeah I have a ton Yeah uh, what, What's okay. like the first one That comes to mind
1: Go play Ooh. Whoa!
0: Really Dang
1: Dude, That'd be crazy. It's like that's the dream gig, bro. Wow. Yeah,
2: that's like because you got some of the because the church genre stuff.
1: Oh, it's all around. Coldplay. That's like YouTube basically
0: Coldplay. Coldplay. Coldplay invented. <laughs> like Maybe I don't know. That's debatable, but that's funny. I've never heard that before. But
1: it's that's great. that's literally the the birth of like wor- modern worship music. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the the whole guitar tone, the whole experimental thing. On
2: maybe the you, maybe you too.
1: You too, yo, you too for sure. And the yeah. guitar tone stuff, bro. I remember. Growing up, I would download, like, patches for, uh, I had, like, a DD-20. <laughs> I would download YouTube patches for my DD-20. <laughs> <laughs> With, like, the dotted, like, edge. Yeah, coming. yeah. yeah. Um, that's, that's, cool, that's my man. dream gig, but uh, obviously, I don't know if I'll ever get that. But I guess I, I, what I want to do is I want to do a full all-out stadium tour. Yeah, world tour, like, world stadium? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a there's a church in uh in uh where are they? It's embarrassing. <laughs> They're in uh what is this place? We just What's uh, the church called? Uh Passion City? Oh, They're in, Atlanta, in Atlanta. In Atlanta, I think Oh, maybe. okay. I haven't heard of them. Uh they ha- they host one of the biggest student conferences at the beginning of the year. Okay. Like big, like stadium like Mercedes-Benz Stadiums pimped out. Hey. Um, and <laughs> I I was I got I had the honor to like help out uh, one, one of the one of the uh, which year was it? 2021 2021 Passion Conference dude and I fell in love I fell in love when I tell you I fell in love I fell in love they they did it right they mm-hmm. did it right and it was in a stadium and I'm talking about sold out stadium it's not like Dang. Uh, putting up curtains type stuff like uh,
0: Super Bowl stuff. type
1: yeah <laughs> and, <laughs> that's um, great after experiencing that I was like I want to do I can't wait like that will be the dream gig I don't care who it was. Yeah, like just doing a stadium level, stadium level, high yeah. production. I'd say I'm doing it front of house. I would love to do front of house.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, experience. Do you have a dream part of the world to tour?
1: That's hard. Yeah, that's really hard because I used to Europe. Yeah, Europe was cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's
0: it's different. I, it's different. I can guarantee you'll you'll do it again. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, it's hard bro I you know what I really want to do because I got to work with uh G on some stuff um, yeah dude like I want to do South America like mm. a proper South America yeah. run yeah that's sick you know between Mexico Salvador uh, Chile Brazil, Ecuador, Brazil Argentina all, bro yeah 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 that's that's the that's the yeah Sao Paulo Those yes. are, what, the big Rio.
2: stadium like, the big stadiums down there right oh Where yeah like uh, yeah. it's crazy Rock and Rio
1: uh,
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Million people on the beach. <laughs> That's crazy. That's <laughs>
1: crazy. Yeah. And it's like it's also like, you know, like in America like people everyone just pulls out their phone and during these shows. Mm. I feel like in South America people will go crazy.
0: Yeah. Charlie just did Brazil last year, late oh, last yeah. year and wild. Just crazy
1: stupid. I love that. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. It's also That's crazy cool. that I just found out about Charlie last year. Yeah. The
2: Charlie XTX. You should, you got to check out her stuff, man. You her live there, stuff so is crazy, too. Like live stuff,
0: yeah. Yeah. was she she uh, at Coachella? She's going to Coachella this year. She's main staging at Coachella. That's wild. Yeah, they're getting subbed right now. We can't really talk about it too much. but. <laughs> 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 um, dream gig. Dream gig, man.
2: That's tough. I don't know if I've, I don't know, like in terms, I guess it depends on what role, like, I mean, like playing. Guitarist. Like as a player. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to be on like an Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber thing. Woo! I don't know if I have an artist in mind, but that type of, when I can, when it's like pop that we do like, when they do like the more live R&B arrangement stuff yeah. for the pop gig, I love that stuff, man. Dude, yeah, yeah. And like, especially as a guitarist, like a drummer, when I hear like yeah. the live band arrangements, that's like I would love to do something like that one day.
0: The Ariana Grande live record. Yeah, have, have you checked out the Vivo? That? Dude, I did the
1: Vivo. No, wait, you did dude, it, dude. I, I, s- I was, I was, I was part of the audio team for that. No, like the one with the way, light over top.
2: bro. I've watched that video
1: so many <laughs> no times, dude. No way, dude.
2: <laughs> dude <laughs> it was, it was. That's
1: like, <laughs> bro. We talk we, about this thing yeah. like literally. We weekly. sat in a hotel
2: room and watched the whole thing yeah. together.
1: Like, dude, it is. It was one of the most funnest because they 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 did their show essentially.
2: Yeah, 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 Bruh. That's like that's like I would like I love that stuff,
1: man. Yeah. Respectfully, respectfully. I'm yeah, respectfully, you. I love that stuff. <laughs> that's crazy. That's sick. Yeah, it's so crazy. I man, I I give it up to Casey. Casey, like I said, he he's my mentor. He's my one of my best friends and. The guy, the guy literally built me to who I am today. Killer, dude. Yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> On
2: that, I was actually, when you said the name Casey, that brought up a different mm, Casey in yeah. my mind. Casey Musgraves, dude. Yeah. We saw her at um, Primavera Sound in Barcelona. And uh, have you seen any of her live stuff? No. She did, like, it was Derek Cobbs was her MD in mm-hmm. keys. I think there's. Uh-huh. Was two keys, two keys, three guitarists, three guitarists, <laughs> one bassist, wow. drummer, drummer. drummer, and her, and her, and she played guitar too. So there's guitar. like four, and uh, they would like, you know, yeah. they just had it down. I love that stuff. That's more like the new country side of things. But I would, I would love to be on a new country gig. To be totally honest That's with you. As a guitarist, as from a guitarist, no, no, please, yeah, yeah, of course. Am I finding out you're a
0: country? I'm not though. That's the crazy (laughs) thing is I'm not. But
2: from a guitar standpoint, I would love to be on those arrangements,
0: instrumentation-wise, arrangement-wise, like get having those eight people on stage and recreating that record with some live arrangements. And I mean, Derek Hobbs comes from the R and B camp too, so he mixes in that stuff. Yeah, Yeah, bunch of tracks going into that those arrangements, instrumentation stuff, bro. Oh.
2: Wait what's series? dude You talked about this On the pod
0: Yeah I talked about it Last week Oh well, it, Well I guess it'll be Three weeks ago I guess on the pod But with Marina We talked about oh, yeah, yeah. uh Our Both of our favorite gigs um, It'd be John Mayer John Mayer Yeah of course Yeah, yeah. true Yeah, <laughs> I can't say that As a guitar player <laughs> Well a, you can You can be the next like, uh, Isaiah I, Sharkey Nah even I can't do that, <laughs> uh, That's crazy John Mayer <laughs> D'Angelo Is a big one for me Yeah Um yeah, but then again, like I want to also ride this Elio w- wave.
2: Yeah, Dreamgate. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I Elio
1: MSG. I see it happening. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Anyway.
0: Um, dream part of the country or part of the world tour? Oh,
2: man, I don't know. I kind of want to do Europe. Like lo- Europe, logistically is always nuts for c- coming from. Over here, just because of power and because of equipment and getting oh, stuff dude. over there, and like you, yeah, I know. I'm like, bro, like you, I, you don't I, know the I, half I, of it. I'm I like, almost <laughs> blew
1: up my LV1. No way, <laughs> <laughs> bro. I literally, I like, I plug in my uh, no. my power source, and all I hear is like a zzzz, oh no, and I'm like, what's that? And I switch it on, I switch it on. I swear, bro, all you see is everything light up, and like, there was like a pop in my conditioner, no. mm, and yeah, pop, and I'm like. Did I just blew up my gear. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was so scared. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, we we had a power surge twice in our first venue in
1: London. Yeah, Wait, Where you guys played in London? What was the venue called in London? I Norma? don't remember. Was it uh, uh, like a club?
2: Yeah. It was above the garage. Um, was it called the garage? It was above that. It's no like of like a bigger more well known venue like there's smaller club upstairs got kinda.
0: you got you, yeah. got you. Um, um but yeah dream dream part of the world europe but, I but wanna, logistically like properly
2: I was to say like kind of like cuz we were opening over there like I wouldn't mind like doing like proper headline over there yeah like getting that experience one yeah. day or like like um like south korea kind of thing Ooh. south uh, korea is bro. yeah i've never been that would be really cool to yeah. be over there
1: asia yeah, yeah. mine
0: south america yeah i got to got to say it those fans are crazy. Nuts. Yeah. That's
2: cool. Yeah, that's cool.
0: We are back, episode twelve of the Cloud Machine Podcast. We're here with Joey Macias. Nate Day. We're out in Connecticut. Connecticut. Right now. Yeah. Uh dang, we're on the uh Elio's Inferno Tour, North American, um East Coast leg of the tour. And uh we're gonna be talking about our next topic, which is the importance of networking and building community. Um
1: Joey, what you got? Yeah, man. I would say, I would say this. I wouldn't be where I'm at now if it wasn't for connecting with people. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, Going back to like the whole gate, gate kept situation. I think a lot of important people were gate kept by like an older generation. Yeah, Uh, it kind it kind of felt like that too when like getting into because I was like, why you don't have like how come I'm working for this artist but I don't know their management, I don't know the label, I don't know nobody. Oh, mm. like the people themselves. Yeah. I mean. Oh, true. Dude, and it's just like, or even the MD, you know what I mean? Like, it was just a random gig I'm covering for one guy. And, um, man, it's 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 so crazy because I've been on the gate kept side of it too. Like, people keep keeping things for me. Um, I've also been on the side where it's just like, yo, here's all their information, hit them up. Yeah, yeah, You yeah, true. know what I mean? And it's just like having that resource. Um, but in terms of community, man, I think IG is such a helpful place for it. You know what I mean? Uh, I've connected with so many o- like other audio engineers that would just hit me up on IG and be like, yo, bro, what's your availability this date? I'd be like... True. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like before you had to like have someone's number and they'll mm, make a phone call.
0: Yeah. Which I hated. In your phone book? <laughs> the roll you, know the <laughs> you know the vibes. You know the vibes. Nate, what are your thoughts on, on just networking, community building? I mean, I guess we're we're part of, like, the small community in Toronto. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. I think, I, well, like you just said, Joey, it's, like, it's the, I'm learning now. It's, like, that is the, and and it's not just in music. It's, like, mm-hmm. in every creative field. It's, like, I think I'm learning, too, and I'm curious what you think about this. It's, like, I'm realizing that people build relationships, and once you kind of find the people you like to roll with, you, you kind of keep going with them. Yeah. And I've seen that in film too, where people like directors will kind of have a couple DPs that they really like to work with and they kind of stick with them yeah. or producers, like a few directors and they kind of, and you'll see crews like production teams will kind of roll together and they'll try to get on the same gigs together and bring yeah. each other in. Yeah. And um, and I'm curious if you found that too. Yeah. And if like, cause I, I find it's like, that's kind of how you get those gigs. You kind of find the people. It's almost like people first in a way. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You know? well that's, that's exactly how Casey went about it with me. Mm. Um, it was very much like Join my circle And if you fit Then you, you're on Yeah Um, You know And it's I was the youngest person On the crew I, When I first started Viva I was what 20 years old Yeah Wow Um, And everyone else Was like older than me Wow But it's just it it's 100% You're 100% right When it comes down to like You getting to know the people And it's like It's not It doesn't come down to like What you could do But it's like How can you relate with everyone Right. Um, yeah and that went that goes such a far way bro When I tell you it goes a long way with like with the crew just because like I always I even say to myself when I'm hiring a crew for when I'm tming something is like it's all about how they fit the vibe like I know everyone has a talent you know what I mean but it's like do you have people skills can I relate oh to you oh bro
0: yeah it's <laughs> not I always say it's 90% the hang yeah and 10% the skill and yeah. the experience that you have um, it, it matters more how you're hanging with people, how you're driving with people, yeah. Um, than what you're doing on stage, one hundred percent. You know, yeah. Cause can you can you live with me in a van for three, three weeks? Three weeks yeah, five weeks. Yeah. and not want to, you know, kill me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah at the en- at the end of the at the end of the tour or mid tour, whatever. Um, I think it's more important than 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 skill.
2: Yeah. And people are more apt to show you stuff too. If it's like if you don't know something but you're nice and humble about it, it's like people will wanna help you out. I find at least. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like I think it was I did a couple um music lessons with the sax player for the nineteen seventy five and that was yeah. something he said too about touring, is like he said don't he said don't go into a big tour team and be like think you know everything, kinda of be because he's like the if you go in with a humble position, you're a nice person, you like are a good hang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you, even if you, he didn't quite say this, but just me building on that, it's like, even if there's a bit of a gap in my knowledge, it's like, if you're, I found this with people that I work with who are younger than me too. It's like I want to help you out. You know, it's yeah. like if you don't know something, it's like I'm more apt to help you out and show you. Yeah. You know, then if you come in and like and fake it and fake it and like you're cocky or you're like yeah. and you don't annoying. do the right thing.
0: Well. And you mess yeah. up, and you don't own up to it. That's another thing too. I hate that so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna go ahead going yeah. into uh the producer's game. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um so for those who know the producer's game, um that have been listening to the podcast, this is one of our favorite games, basically getting a look into both of your individual kind of universes, musical universes. Um mm. and uh you y'all basically have to tell me what uh, basically the dream team for an album that you'd want to have? So if you want to write it down, the boards are out. The artist that would put it out, and probably and probably most of the time, probably sing on it. You know, like the artist yeah. to who to who's putting it out, the producer, Kay. the musicians, the studio, the city. So the studio can be transported from one city to another if it's a different city an era and a budget so uh, I'll say it again artist producer musicians studio city era and budget now it could be a group of artists group of producers group of musicians whatever you'd like but we'll we'll come back to it and uh, we'll see what they have to say (laughs) Hey, yo! Byron! Respectfully, <laughs> Every time. <laughs> we are back. Nate's still doing, uh, still writing down his answers here, but we're going to go with Joey Macias' answer for the Producers Game Cloud Machine Podcast, episode 12. What you got?
1: All right, this is a crazy one, though. Yeah, okay. please.
0: Shall I show you my answers, or just read it out loud? Yeah, well, you can show us and read out loud at the same time.
1: So the artist... <laughs> it's a w- it's a weird one. Okay, I want uh it will be Tori Kelly featuring hey. Ice Spice. <laughs> okay, producer Tiny. You guys okay. know Tiny? Yeah, from, from Bad Bunny. From Bad Bunny, like yeah. his producer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiny is the guy. Okay, I, my guy, guy has golden ears. Your boy. Uh, for art for for the musicians, I said all the homies, but respectfully, I want the roots.
3: Woo. Yes, sir.
1: That's a crazy one. Yes, sir. Right? Uh, studio, Electric Lady, City, Brooklyn, New York. But no matter what, Electric Lady's in my hand. I think. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Brooklyn, New York. So if we had to bring yeah, yeah, Electric Lady
0: to. I know people, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it would be a 2000s era. Yeah, of course. Dang. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Budget, 30K. Only, yeah? Only 30K. I know. I, I, Why is that? Huh? Why is that? I feel like people have to like when you when money is not a thing. Obviously, thirty k would just go into production fees. Yeah, but I feel like when people do not make it about the money, make it about the art. Mm. There you go, that's the answer. True. Yeah,
0: Did I changed my answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great, sick. that's bro. sick.
1: Tori that's Kelly, a, I love her, bro. Yeah, I wish. I, that's that's a voice, dream gate, bro. If, to, if Tori Kelly ever goes on a stadium tour, hopefully everyone hears this and this makes it out to her. Ears. Yeah. She ever makes it out to a stadium tour? Hire me as your front of house. Respectfully, I'll do the good job. <laughs> Dude, she's killer. We know
0: she's hearing this right now, so <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: I saw I, thought, I I've saw her a couple times live. Is she Canadian? Bro, no,
1: no. She's a she's yeah. from LA, I think. Probably okay. the best voices I've ever heard. Bro, in live. I I genuinely love her musicianship. Mm. Like she's a the way crazy she musician too. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like. The vocals are amazing, but just her arrangements and her band, bro. Yeah. Out of this world. Mateo the her guitar player. Oh, yeah. I love time. him. Bro, I did a, did a guitar lesson with him once. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't I catch up, <laughs> so I stopped. What? Wait, like in person? A uh, video. video. A oh, video, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was doing like, uh, I think Ooh. over uh, COVID, he was doing... Uh, Wait, just one-on-one. One-on-one. You just so Zoom with him. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Bro, bro he's like my guitar hero. <laughs> Same here, bro. And after lesson one, I was like, I can't keep up to this because his fingers are way too fast.
2: Yeah, he's... Crazy.
1: He's like... Whatever, whatever they do. Did you record the session? No, he didn't. You know, couldn't that. record? No. That's,
0: That's wild. I did... It, during COVID, I did some lessons with my drum hero, Chris Dave. Me? Hey? But those, were, those lessons were, were recorded. That's awesome. That's so cool. So I, I went back last week... Um, when i bought my tickets for the blue note show at the end of april shout out get your tickets blue note uh, april isaiah Sharkey, chris dave and pino Palladino at the blue note in in nyc broken. um <laughs> i don't think it's in brooklyn it's not brooklyn <laughs> i don't know what blue is <laughs> but um yeah just crazy nate what you got for for your okay uh, i got a weird producers mix
2: game i got a weird mix i was having a hard time figuring out who i want to do what but okay I wanted the artist to be John Mayer. Okay. okay? <laughs> there you go. Um, just because I like John Mayer. And I think I, I'll go along. doesn't have to do nothing with uh,
1: yeah. with uh, Taylor Swift, right?
2: Yeah, we were debating <laughs> that John... Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I, don't I don't care. Know. I'm a John Mayer fan. Um, okay. I put a list of producers here. Yeah. Quincy. Okay. Questlove. Oh, yes. Damon <laughs> Paula and Steve Jordan. Oh dang! Okay, I wanted oh, the Tame and, Tame and Paula mix in there. Okay, the musicians to be the the nineteen seventy five musicians. Okay, <laughs> all of them, all of them, at Electric Ladyland, New York as well. Same answer as you, in the two thousands. Okay, just because I think that the combo of like a John Mayer type of guitar with the pocket of like was of like the, the, well, it's of like, a, like the feel and like. Steve and Quest. And and Questlove with the palette of like Tame Apollo and 1975 with the more 80s. You got some synth work. You got some.
0: And Quincy Jones executive producing type beat. Oh, like the (laughs) singer. Basically,
2: like the groove with the synth stuff under the songwriting. You know what I mean? Under the songwriting of John Mayer. Oh, my God. So it's more like a songwriter. Anyways. And uh, I put budget as unlimited. Yeah, that's. But in my head, I was like. If you just have enough money to pay everybody what they want, then like money's not the question. So I was gonna <laughs> go the other way. But <laughs> was like I was like, well, it's just about the music then. But also then you could just get whatever gear you want. Dang.
0: Y'all both went with two thousands. Why is that?
2: Best era, bro.
0: I don't Dang. know. I felt like <laughs> the two thousands was a
2: like in my head, like I d I don't know. It's on both the studios where it's like you just came out of the like you get the influence of the 70s, 80s and 90s. Yeah. It yeah. all all just came out of that into this era where you're starting to get more
1: yeah studio I, I don't know. I chose the 2000 cuz 2000s exactly that it was like yeah. a lot of things that happened in the 70s, 80s, 90s kind of like were perfected by the early 2000s. Mhm. Yeah. Um well just like influences from the generations kind of spilled into it. Yeah. Uh I also think uh that was when music was uh, at its prime You know what I mean sure. It was not all about like Who had the hottest beat Or who could do the hottest lyric It was just like pure music mm. um, And you know, honestly man It's like the music in the 2000s I remember being a kid It was like I loved it bro mm. like, like there was meaning behind songs You know what I mean Yeah So
2: It also was like right Obviously it's like this the label world like the, You know the old label models and stuff Like Yeah, yeah. You know they, there's a lot to learn from that world, you know yeah. what I mean? But I agree. And also the 2000s is kind of before the streaming world kicked in. Yeah. And so it was a lot. Like, it was still kind of the era of, like, CDs, musician CDs. CDs. You're rolling up to a studio with your gear to make a record kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, so I, w- I was kind of admired that about the 2000s was, like, it felt very much like, I don't know. Like, you you put in work at the studio. You know what I mean? It's like you put in work to get in a room with a bunch of people to make a record. and um, Not that you don't have that anymore, but I just felt like that was kind of the last maybe wave of that before it moved into pop and writing on your
0: laptop. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Nothing against it,
3: but.
0: I'd like to thank Joey Macias and Nate Day for being my guests on this week's episode of the Cloud Machine Podcast. Episode 12. I still can't believe we're past ten already here. It's great to do this in Connecticut, USA, baby. We're, we're USA. going international. Um, Respectful, respectfully. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it was great to talk to you boys. Um, taking a night out of uh, out of tour to just talk. We got our Boston show coming tomorrow night. I know this won't be out until later in April, um, but yeah, it was great to talk about uh, your origin story, yeah. uh, what Brooklyn means to you, the church. Is that story is great coming, coming from a non church background and especially getting you into the conversation as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I th- I think that's great. And hearing your stories too. finding out that you're only two years into the whole pop world is yeah. kind of wa- wild <laughs> just to hear that. And, um, and also being a part of those vivo sessions that have impacted so much, uh, impact- impacted us so much that we didn't even yeah. know. Yeah. That's crazy. That's wild. Uh, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still thinking about that Ariana Grande session. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go watch specf- it right now, respectfully. So yeah, I want to thank you guys. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. To,
2: thanks for taking time to do this. So.
1: Yeah. And thank you guys too. Like this is definitely, uh, like I was, I, I've been listening to the podcast like since uh, what, what episode? I think episode five. Mm-hmm. And um, man, like, I really love what you guys are doing, and it's a, uh, it's bridging a, a gap for sure in the, in the industry and within our generation. So yeah, I love, Thanks, I, love, bro. I, love, I love what you guys are doing.
0: Thanks. Also like to thank everybody that's listening at home. Um, if you're in Connecticut, thank you for listening. But if you're from, uh, if you're, you've been listening to the podcast from the very beginning, thank you very much. Uh, we will be here next week. We're here every week on Tuesdays, uh, talking about music industry, people who aren't necessarily talked about, um, as often as they should be. Um, so yeah, please keep in touch with us. Please keep interacting on the platforms. We love to see your interaction on IG, YouTube, wh- whichever platform you wanna you wanna contact us on. Uh, it's Eight's Creative or at at Creative. You can find us online as well. Um, but yeah, as always, stay safe, and uh, we'll talk next week.